Well, what a joy it is to gather together with God's children, young and old. God gathers us together, and I give thanks for you children. God will, through the Holy Spirit, continue to give his word to you. And so now to all of you, I say, may the grace and peace of God our Father and his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, be yours. And because of this message that we hear in this word today, because God gave his only Son to take away not only the sin of the whole world, which is a pretty big project, by the way, but in particular to take away your sin, because of this, you are given this grace and peace. It is yours today. In fact, you're given the whole package, which is forgiveness, life, and salvation. These are yours on account of being born from above. And while that maybe confused Nicodemus, it maybe confuses us sometimes in the world what that means. I assure you, you have been born from above through the power of the Holy Spirit on account of your baptism, on account of your receiving the Lord's Supper. And indeed, in your hearing this very word for you, it is yours. Christ has died for your sake. And so you have his peace laid out in front of you. You have this for you today. Amen. Now, I'm sure, I know this congregation a little bit, uh, and I'm sure there are many of you who have watched sports on TV in the 1970s and the 1980s. Now, if you remember back, those of you who did, you maybe remember that there were no widescreen TVs. They were much smaller and square in uh, proportion, which was not great as we look back. What were we thinking? Uh, and in fact, I can remember often playing with the rabbit ears on the TV to try to reduce the snow. And I'm not talking about the snow that falls outside. You, maybe some of you remember this. Uh, peering in to, to watch the Vikings games through the, uh, through the snow. And the remote controls, at least in my house growing up, were my brother and me getting up off the couch to walk to the TV to turn the rotary dial for the channel selector. So this was, this was TV and watching sports on TV in the 70s and 80s. And if you watch sports on TV in the 70s and 80s, you maybe remember a man named Roland Stewart. Now, this probably doesn't ring any bells for you, I suspect. If it does, you let me know after church. You maybe don't know this man by name, but you know him by image. Perhaps he's better known as the Rainbow Guy or the John 316 Guy. Does this ring any bells? This was, so Roland Stewart got dressed up for major sporting events and he wore a big rainbow wig and he had a t-shirt that said Jesus saves and he held this sign that said John 3.16. It became almost cliche. It shows up in a lot of pop culture references later. I remember him though. I was just a kid in the 80s and I remember the fame he garnered and the sign that he had that pointed to what was probably the best known verse of the Bible. One we just read and heard this morning, John 3, 16. Well, Roland would get dressed up and go to all sorts of sporting events like Super Bowls, baseball games, even international events like World Cup games in the same wig and the same sign. And he did this, of course, to get attention. And the cameras loved him. At least at first, they would focus right in on him uh, and show his sign and his wig uh, in a world before people counted digital clicks or views on YouTube, 
which seem quite important today, the John 3.16 guy was figuring out how to do it the analog way with cameras and lights and lots of attention. But I want you to counter that image with the way our gospel reading started today. In fact, the story around this most famous verse, John 3.16, begins not in the spotlights of a stadium with TV cameras or cheering fans, but it starts in the darkness of night in secret where many confessions begin. And we find Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee, John tells us, an expert in the law, and he comes to Jesus. Not so that anyone else could see him, but so that no one else could see him. Nicodemus has seen enough from Jesus to know that he has authority from God and he's intrigued. He wants to know more, but he couldn't make any sense of it. So he needed to talk to him in private to ask him the questions that were really on his mind and on his heart. And right away, Jesus beats him to the punch. Right away, Jesus tells Nicodemus, very truly, I tell you, that is, pay attention, Nicodemus. You're going to hear something that will... uh, that is quite right. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. So he's saying, you're asking this question, but you cannot see the kingdom unless you're born from above. Well, Nicodemus and many in the church have pondered that question. What does it mean to be born from above? And as long as we approach this question as a requirement, as something we must adhere to, as Nicodemus was trying to figure out, well, then we remained we remain as confused as poor old Nicodemus. So Nicodemus asks him, well, how can this be? You can't just be born from your mother again. That is a one-time event. And then Jesus says, all right, I'll tell you a little more. Very truly, I tell you, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven without being born from water and the Spirit. And now you may be getting a clear account of what Jesus is talking about, but Nicodemus had no clue. He said, don't be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. Jesus then says, the wind blows where it chooses. And you may hear it, but you do not know where it comes from. So it is with everyone who is born from the Spirit. And then Nicodemus, exasperated, says, how can this be? How can this be? And Jesus then gives him the ultimate dig and says, You're a teacher of the word of God, and yet you do not know these things? You're a teacher of Israel, and you don't understand? Jesus is not being super helpful here for Nicodemus. He's really just kind of leading him along, and then he teaches even more. And he talks about how if you don't understand earthly things, how would you ever understand spiritual things? And then he goes to this story in the book of Numbers, and says, just as the serpent had to be raised up by Moses on the pole, well, now the Son of Man must be raised up, must be lifted up. And then he gets to this most famous verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Nicodemus expected a way to ascend. How could he know any different to climb the ladder, to do something, to understand, to attain success, to attain the kingdom of heaven. 
And we are surrounded by this in our lives. In fact, this is what appears to make the world go. My parents taught me that you will have to work hard in order to succeed at what you do. And they're quite right. I'm sure your parents have taught you the same thing. Parents out there, you're teaching your children the same thing. Nicodemus was taught the same thing, much like athletes or musicians or academics or anyone in work has to work hard to accomplish a goal. Our lives are full of such attempts to assent, but now the gospel comes to you in such a different way. The gospel now comes in a down-to-earth manner, not based on your work, not based on what you have done, but based on what Christ has done, that is, to be raised on the cross. God now comes to you, Christ now comes to you with a word, not as you would have expected, and certainly not as Nicodemus expected, with a word alongside water in a bowl, or with the word of God given in bread and in wine. God comes to you now in a gathering right here on a Sunday morning in between Minnesota Avenue and South Dakota Avenue, or wherever the word is preached and the sacraments given here, the kingdom of God comes right to you. And this is good news because it's not dependent on you. And while the John 3.16 guy was trying to get maximum attention to his message, and maybe we can't fault him for that, the Holy Spirit now finds a place to land and seems to choose much quieter places to call, to gather, enlighten, and make holy, to give the goods of Jesus Christ, not just in general, as the sign would show, not just to the whole world, but in particular, and that means right into your lap, right for your sake. So you are born from above when you have this word. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You have been born from above. You're given the kingdom when you hear these words given for you, shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Or by the authority of Christ, I forgive you. And while maybe someday you'd like to see your pastor in a rainbow wig, I don't know if this is true, maybe you wouldn't, I don't know that that will happen, I want to assure you now that God has something much better for you than a spectacle. It is that now that you have this word, you will not perish. But instead, you have been given eternal life. You have this laid out in front of you. This is the promise for your sake. No matter what's, what else is happening in the world or in your life, Christ has come to give this to you today. And that is a promise that will get you through the night. It is a promise that will get you into the light of Christ. And so now you are in Christ's light. You are his. Amen.